Welcome to Gardening Talk, back on 2NURFM. Greg Richard, joined today by your Judy Sharp. Great to see you back with us, Judy. Oh, thank you, Greg. Yeah, a bit of a break, but it's good to be back. A little bit of a break. Well, it's one week. Yes. yes. What, do you, <laughs> what do you got lined up for us today, Judy? Oh, well, look, a lot of things are happening. It's spring, yep. as we all know, um, but we're not getting much rain, are we? No. No, not. we talk about it, but it's not really happening terribly no. much. So we need to cover a couple of aspects of that. Roses are starting to bud. Uh, we need to prepare the gardens with some sugar cane. Uh, and also, too, uh, houseplants will need a bit of attention. Okay, rightio. So mm. covering a lot of bases today. I am covering a lot of bases today, so I hope you're ready to join me. Yes. <laughs> it's Gardening Talk back on 2 RFM. First up today, we've got Michael from Cliffley, and he's got a question about tomatoes. Oh, it's tomato time, of course, yes. So the, um, the bugs will be around, Michael. Is that your problem? Michael? Hello. Oh, Hello, this is Terry. Are you? Am I on? Ah, uh, yeah, well, okay, yeah, Terry. Yeah, Terry, fine. Oh, okay. Switch, yep, switch yep. wires there. Terry, you are. Okay. You've got some <laughs> so, low-cut tree problems, do you? Yeah, yeah. So a couple of years ago, I spoke to Scotty. I got a low-cut tree about nine years ago, and it went for years and didn't bear any fruit. And I rang and said, do I tear it out? And he said, no, give it a year or so, and I did. Um, had a bit of fruit on it last year, but this year absolutely loaded with hundreds and hundreds of locusts. And everything was going really well until late last week, and I'd already started pulling a few of the yellow ones off, and they, they tasted reasonable. They weren't super, super sweet, but they were going okay. And then the last couple of days, just masses of them have just gone from yellow, they've turned brown, and when I grab them, it's like they're dehydrated and, and gone brown inside. And I'm not sure, is it because of the um, trees decided that it's just got too much fruit on it, sucking the moisture back out of some of the fruit, or it, it's not fruit fly or anything. I don't know what the story is. Oh, right. Well, that's what I was going to suggest, Terry, that they, they go brown when the fruit fly's in them. So mm. you haven't got any sign of fruit fly? You haven't found any grubs, any maggots in the in the fruit at all. It's just oh, sort of... That's yeah, a consolation. Uh, look, what I'd do, maybe reduce the, the load on the tree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we had that couple of hot days last week and I just know whether that might have shocked the tree or something. I've still got lots of firm green um, fruit on there, so I'll just take a fair bit of them off and um, just ease it back, maybe, you reckon? Yeah, look, I mean, it really did come out hot quickly. Mm. And, you know, you know, they're, they're a spring uh, fruiter, so naturally they didn't expect that, did they? No, so, no. But I just take off some of the fruit... Uh, yep. and cut back the load on it. And, mm -hmm. look, oh, this is a silly question to ask you, but have you been giving it a lot of water? Um, not a lot of water. No. Look, no. at the moment, I mean, I had a wander around my garden yesterday to see what needed and what didn't, um, mm. and the entire garden was just bone dry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely bone dry, and I couldn't believe it. And yeah. so I got the hose out and hosed the roses that have been pruned. And But, uh, yeah, look, I think the other thing that's been happening that we're not taking into account, uh, okay, so it's not always hot, but um, we're getting very drying winds, dry. very mm. drying winds from the south. Yeah. yeah. So plough some water into the ground around it definitely. as well. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And good luck okay, with then. it. No worries. Thanks for that. Good luck, darling. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye-bye.
And we've got Kathy from Spears Point, and she wants to know if she can use guinea pig droppings on the garden. Well, this is an interesting one, Kathy. Hello. It is. It is interesting, isn't it? It is. Um, have you got the guinea pigs inside? They're undercover, yes. Right, okay. And um, uh, so do you have any pellets that they sit on, etc.? Because I have it all set out just like they're in a, a castle resort. Right, right, huh. Look, but the droppings would be getting mixed up with their food, wouldn't it? Um, the droppings are all consisted of um, lettuce and, and everything and but natural things. No, they're not pooing in their food, no. No. Right, that's uh, um, what I was kind of getting around to. Um, okay, well, all I, all I think you can do, Cathy, is experiment on just one certain part of the garden. Uh, I've never heard anything uh, in opposition to it, let's put it that way. Yes. Um, but I thought that this would be an interesting subject. Well, it is an interesting subject because... I believe that they can get quite smelly inside. Is that true? And whether it's too strong for the plant. Well, I don't. Uh, I don't think it'd be too strong because, you know, think what cows eat and and we use cow manure. And what about um, chicken manure? Um, We use all that. And what I do is collect all the poo and then I um, put water in it and stir it around. And there might be a bit of hay in it. Right. And then, and then I take it out and I'll put it around the garden. Okay. Well, look, I think the answer is, uh, because we're not too sure on this one, me particularly and probably you aren't either, that we just select one area of the garden and try it. And perhaps there are, you know, other people listening with guinea pigs and they might give us a ring and say what what they do with the droppings. Exactly, because it is natural material. Yes, and you don't want to be putting it in the bin, do you? I don't want to put it in the bin. No, no. Okay, well, how about we do that? Uh, Let's pick one area of the garden and, and see if that works. You'll soon know if the plants get unhappy, won't you? Well... Well, oh, my daughter said, oh, they'll die. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> well, uh, not the guinea pigs, but the plants. No, the plants. <laughs> um, I've been putting it around my lime tree, which I haven't had success with. Right. It's uh, full of it... bugs. Yeah. And full of little green limes. Okay. Well, it's working. It's working. Little one. Yep. You see, the um, problem is you might need to do an alkalinity test on it to see whether it's acidic or alkaline. uh, Um, And then that might give you a bit of a clue. Look, I'm sorry. I hope that helps you. And I'm hoping that we get a lot of calls in letting us know uh, how how they go with it. Yeah, I suppose there's... There are people that are out there that have either rabbits or guinea pigs. Well, my neighbour has three, actually, so 
I'll find out from her when I go home this afternoon. Uh, thanks, Kathy. We've got Jenny now from Fern Bay, and she wants to know, does weed and food expiry date matter? Oh, hello, Jenny. Uh, Hi. Look, often the dates are fairly expansive, so they give you a little bit of time. Um, yeah. So um, I, how long have you had it? What's the date well, on Well, the date on is the November 2020. Look, I think it'll be all right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Yep. Um, and um, will it kill onion weed? Oh, what kills onion weed? (laughs) Look, you've virtually got to get a paintbrush out and paint it on. um, (laughs) Right. um, Because it's very hard to kill. Uh, Yeah, yes. Can I just say weed and feed is a a duplicate product. And I always say if you're putting it on your lawn, I'd rather see you put um, some... Uh, bin dye on your lawn, yeah, and then feed after two weeks when the, okay. the weeds have fallen off. Uh, weed and feed can be a little bit selective. Sometimes it works and okay. sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. I've I've pulled out the weeds that I can pull out, but I've got onion weeds still there, and I've got clover with bulbs on. Oh, okay. Look, I think you need to go to bin dye. Okay. Okay. Will that kill them, will it? Well, it'll really make them pretty sick, yeah, and it will kill okay. the clover. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right-o. I haven't got a, a great expanse of lawn or anything, but I've got this little bit of grass that I want to have nice and green, you know what I mean? Yes, of course, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I wish my grass was nice and green, but... Um... <laughs> well, we're on sand, too. Well, I've got clover everywhere, and I just keep mowing it down. Yeah, yeah. That's one right. solution. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Good luck with All that, right. dear. Yeah, well, okay. Well, I won't use the weed and feed. I'll go and get some bin dye, shall I? Yes, yeah. yes, definitely. That's the answer. Right. Thank you so much. Okay, you're welcome. It's Guarding Talk back on 2NURFM. If you've got a question, 49216216, and we've got Kerry from Cessnock. And she's got a question about frangipanis. Oh, hello, Kerry. You weren't. Hello. Are you thinking about doing some cuttings, dear? No, I have three frangipani trees planted, and all they are is like three long sticks with two sticks coming out of the top, and that's the only place they get any growth on them. Right. Okay. Um, so, how big are they? How tall are they? Well, one's only up to my waist. One's up to my um, hips, and the other one's taller than me. Well, they're not not very big, you know, at the moment. Uh, I'd be inclined just to uh, keep feeding them up and trying to get them grow. They're slow to start with. Oh, right. What do I feed them? Look, maybe some bounce back. Okay. uh, Because it's neutral and it's very, very good. Okay, thank you very much for that. It's okay, and I hope that solves the problem, but I wouldn't go pruning them, not not at that height. No, no. Okay. No. They were in a pot. They were in pots, but their roots were growing through the bottoms of the pot, so right. we planted it in the yard. Oh, okay. Well, they're going to take a little while to adjust, and um, I'll guarantee they haven't been getting enough rain or water at the moment. 
Okay, then. Thank you very much. That's okay. So go out with the hose now and give them a good drink. Oh, well, I will when I get home. I'm with a client at the moment. <laughs> oh, right. Okay, well, ah, that's interesting. <laughs> okay, thank you very much for the call, Kerry. Bye. Bye. We've got Kel now from Oswald, and she's got iceberg roses that recently were potted, and the leaves are turning yellow on them. Oh, hi, Kel. Uh, now, rec- <laughs> recently potted, so you've potted them now into the ground. Uh, no, I've actually um, just, like, I've, I've, I've potted them into a bigger pot, and I use the really good soil, like the proper rose soil and yes, stuff like yes. that. And, Judy, I'm only a very beginner, so if anyone's listening, I'm only beginning at this. Like, please forgive me. Um, but I've given them banana tea and I've given them, um, you know, that um, rose grow stuff as well. And right. I try and, and I try and um, water them every day and all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, I noticed on one of them, it's not blooming and it's the, the leaves are turning like a, a, a yellow. And I don't know whether that's because I'm over-fertilising or am I over-watering. Well, it could be both, but because um, roses are good survivors, they don't necessarily need a lot of rain. But the other thing that's happening, I checked my standards out yesterday, and the aphids yep. are starting to come. Oh yeah, they were actually. That's right, Judy. They were coming, yes. and I actually used that of a night time when it wasn't so hot. I actually sprayed the aphid stuff as well. It mm. just reminded me. I did that too, and I've checked them all, and they're fine. Right. It's okay. Just, one, yeah. Yeah, well, okay, well, let's get the watering going, and I was going to talk okay. about that today. Uh, we're, we're very dry in the garden, so definitely get the watering going. Okay, I'll do that. Thanks, Judy. I'm a bit worried because I love my icebergs. They're beautiful. Oh, I love them too, but mine aren't icebergs. I've got roses called Eleanor. Eleanor, okay. And they're magnificent, but I better not say that to you because she'll have to search to get them. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Judy, is it okay if I um, I saw this thing the other day where someone crunched up some eggshells? Is it okay to pop that on the uh, like not on the, the stem, but is it okay to pop it around on the top of it as well? Oh, look, I don't think it'd hurt at all. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm not that fancy, Kel. I don't do that. But um. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I've never done gardening before. I'm just getting into it, and I just adore my roses. And I've only had them for three weeks, and I was just beside myself for the fact that one of them was turning yellow because I go and check on them daily. I play Pavarotti to them because apparently you're supposed to do that. I don't know, but I just love them so much and I adore them. I just don't want to think that I'm causing them too much damage apart from playing Pavarotti. Uh, and you uh, and Kel, Yara, they love that too. <laughs> Kel, could I just say, um, oh, sorry, yes, it is Kel, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, Kel, yeah. at the moment, with new plants, you really shouldn't be fertilising them. Okay, got it. So we, I need you to leave them alone for a while and then okay. I want you to get some sudden impact in about a month's yep. time, okay? Yeah, yep, sudden right, impact. Down, sudden impact. Right. That'll be better. Don't do anything else except water them at the moment. Okay, done. Thanks, Judy. Thank you, Kel. Good luck with them. No worries. Thank you. Bye. So we've got Joanne from New Lambton, and she's got some issues with some bugs at the moment. What can I help you with, Joanna? Um, I've planted a row of philosophers a couple of years ago. They're a beautiful little native with a tiny little white a white and pink flower, like a wax flower, and I have no end of trouble with them. They're just not happy. They're not healthy. Um, they've had scale, which seems to have been resolved. I've had small caterpillars or grubs, 
which I pick off and um, try and get rid of those. Um, but they seem to get a, a tiny little spider web that sort of wraps around particularly the new foliage and I can't see whether it's spiders or some sort of tiny little insect, but they just don't seem to, to thrive. Right, I've okay, now. Um, yes, you may have advice on that. The only advice I've been able to get was, oh, you know, there's, there's natural pestilence, so build up their, you know, their nutrients and their health with some go-go juice and, and bush tucker, you know, um, fertilisers and things like that. But um, it just, they... they they curl up their toes and, and don't do well. So any advice would be appreciated. <laughs> right, okay. Now tell me, are they planted in the full sun? They're not in full sun. They're planted um, basically facing south in a line running east-west. Right. Look, that could partly be your problem. Most right. natives... Uh, there are very few natives that like the shade, but most natives, they like the full sun. Right. So yes. that could be the problem or part of the problem. And right. um, uh, it sounds like it's a kind of plant that is attracting bugs. Yes, it just seems to go from, from one thing to another. Yes, um, yes. But these tiny little webs that seem to form on them that I can't see what's creating the web. Now tell um, me, are you are you really in love with these plants? Um, it's got to the point now that I'm looking at them again and there's three of the nine that are almost dead and I'm thinking maybe I should plant something else. <laughs> well, I was going to say that, but I didn't want to hurt your feelings, dear. I, yeah, uh, I do love it, but maybe I should buy one and plant it somewhere else <laughs> and hope for the best and, and do a row of something else. So what uh, can you what can you suggest? Now we're going into full sun, are we? No, they're, they're facing south, so right. um, they don't get full sun. They don't um, get full sun, okay. No, they, they run in a line sort of east-west. Well, probably the, the plant that's going to enjoy that the most is the native violet. Okay, native violet. Native violets, yes. Right, and what, how high and what, what are they like? Well, they're only fairly low, you, mm -hmm. you know, about the size that you've been mentioning. But I just wonder if um, uh, you chased up at the native nursery or at the botanical gardens um, mm -hmm. and see if they can give you some advice about that particular plant. But I'm, okay. I'm, not, I'm not too sure, but I think it's because they want to be out in the sun. In the sun, in right. In the sun. Okay. okay. So yep. let's okay. do a bit of research and... Um, uh, maybe ring someone at the Botanical Gardens uh, yes. and uh, see if they can give you some extra advice on it. But I think we've got to get into the sun. Okay. okay. Yes, possibly with the yep. natives, that's yep. true. Yep. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks, Joanna. Bye. Thanks. Bye. We've got a VOD now from Maitland and avocados had a lot of fruit, but now most seem to be just dropping off. Oh, gee, that's a shame, yeah. Yvonne. Hello. <laughs> But darling, um, you know, I wouldn't find, I wouldn't suggest that avocados really would do extra well in Maitland because they yeah, they, yeah. they like the nice sunny spots. It's, it's in a very sunny spot. It right. gets all the sun. And we've had fruit before that and, and they were really good. But this last dot that I had, like, it, I had 106 uh, fruit on the tree. Yes. And they were beautiful, but they grew to about, say, two inches. 
and they all just dropped off. Right. Two to three inches, and I didn't know what I was doing wrong. And I just wondered, they're full of flowers at the moment, and I wondered if there's something I uh, could uh, feed them with, or uh, do they need a lot of water when they're fruiting? I, I just don't know. Well, they do like water, of course, but, yeah, um, yeah. you know, where they're commonly grown up north, uh, they, you know, they do get a lot of um, mm-hmm. rain, uh, more so yeah. than you would at Maitland, of course. Yeah, um, yeah. But um, you haven't fed them with anything, have you? Oh, no, not at the moment, no. No, no. because sometimes that causes damage. But they can be very touchy and very difficult to grow. Mm. And so, it's quite, it's a tree's about, oh, it's about nine foot high and it's bushed out, you know. Yes. And as I said, when it was fruiting before, it was getting only about eight or ten fruit, and it was quite good fruit. But this time, when it got all this, I was so excited, and <laughs> yes, they all just yeah. fell off. And and, and uh, are the fruit going brown? No, they were just staying um, um, just, just small, green, just, just small. Green. Yes, yeah, just green. Uh, look, it could be honestly the lack of water. I mean, yeah. I know that's an answer I'm giving most people today, but yes, uh, yes. certainly. Um, uh, Scott, he pruned back my um, little um, mm-hmm. uh, my little fruit tree, yeah, and yeah. and it hasn't shot at all. I'm going oh. to sack him. <laughs> it's just all I've no, got no, is sticks, yeah. and, no, and it's that. a little lime tree. I only grow it for him because he likes it for his what his gin and tonics, probably. Oh, lovely. Yeah, yeah lovely. and um, and they it isn't putting out one shoot. Now, uh, my theory was when I looked around my garden yesterday, yeah, yeah, Judy, yeah. get the hose out. It's very dry. All right, that's I give it a lot of water. Yeah. And they said the same thing happened with I've got a mango tree about oh, eight, 10 metres away from it. Yes. And it, that, it had 114 mangoes on it. And I was so excited. And all like, they all fell off too after they got a certain size. And I only got two mangoes for the whole season last year. Now, so, you don't think there's a possum around eating them? No, no, there's none, no. nothing. No, they just fell off. Yeah, you know, okay. Just, well, Before that, I've had fruit or, or maybe, say, 20 or 30 on the time, and they've all got, got really beautiful big mangoes and lovely and uh, sweet. But this last season, uh, they, they, as I said, I had it all, and I counted. I was so excited, and I only got one. Now, <laughs> what I would do... Mm-hmm. Avon is uh, do a soil test and mm-hmm. take it to uh, a nursery close to you and okay. get that soil tested. All right, I'll do that. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the nursery, I'm sure you know who I'm talking about, they yeah. will be experienced enough to tell you it's mm-hmm. too acidic or it's too alkaline. Oh, but that's okay. a good yeah. way to go. Okay, because I am going up later this afternoon to Bunnings I've got to go and get some more um, plants. So what I'll do, I'll take, I'll take the sample and see if they can tell me what to do with it, yeah. Okay, good luck with that yeah, one. Otherwise, I've got to go to Heritage Gardens. I'm not far from Heritage Gardens in Maitland. Yes, well... David, um, David's usually there, so I must probably ask him then. That is a very good idea. Okay, thank you so much, Judy. Thank you, Vaughan. Because we love our fruit, and especially me, I love my mangoes. <laughs> oh, don't we all? <laughs> thank thank you. you so much. Good Judy. luck. I really appreciate it. Thank You're you. You're welcome. Bye. Thank you. Love you. Bye. It's Gardening Talk back on to when you are We've got time for a couple more questions, and we've got Eddie from Rutherford. He wants to know if his dog weighing on his plants in his garden an issue or not. 
Oh, Eddie, it's going to burn them. Yeah, I thought it might. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are you going to do? What kind of doggy is he? Oh, he's only a little Maltese Shih Tzu cross. Oh, uh, well, you can't, you know, it just takes a bit of training, doesn't it? Yeah, well, he, yeah, the garden's really easy access for him, so he gets up, he mostly misses the little pansies, but sometimes he gets them. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, we've got to stop, we've got to stop okay. him doing this, right? That's okay. the answer. All right, okay. Now, can I just ask you one other thing? Yes. Um, we've got some roses in a newly planted garden. Right. Um, we took them out of uh, a spot that was really, really wet. Uh, and put them in this other garden and I've made some what I thought was a really good soil in the top for the little plants, the pansies and stuff. But I think I've made it too fluffy or porous, as you might say, and the water's gone through to the bottom of the roses. I think it might have drowned a couple of them. So um, can I dig those roses out and let them dry out a bit or is it too late now? No, but uh, don't forget the pansies are going to fade off into existence. So. Yeah, well, we took those out now. Right, them yeah. Garden. Yeah, well, just but, concentrate uh, on your roses. Don't don't keep watering them. That's the secret. Yeah, so if they've got a fair bit of water in the bottom, do we just let, leave them, not water them for a couple of weeks? And are they, they in go? the ground? Are they in a... Yeah, in the ground, yeah. Oh, look, I think yeah. uh, they'll, they'll dry out fairly quickly. We're, all we're getting is wind all the time, so... They'll dry out. If not, uh, we'll approach it then if they don't yeah, seem we, to be Yeah, we've got one of, those, uh, one of those meters you stick in the ground to see the moisture and it. it's quite dry at the top, but then when you get down to the bottom of the red, the roses roots are it's very wet. So right, okay. I just don't know how I could dry it out, but I thought I might try and put some sandy loom in the top and dig it all in and try and retain the moisture in the top instead of it going right through to the bottom. Yeah, well, look, I'd, yeah. what I'd do is just don't water at the moment. Yeah. Let, let them yeah. dry out, OK? Yeah, yeah, OK. Best way to go. All right, thank you. Thanks very much, Eddie. Yeah. Bye. OK, bye. We've got Helen from Walls End, and she's about fertilising begonias in pots. Oh, Helen, though, I presume they're in, outside? I beg your pardon? Are they outside, dear? They're, I've had them for quite a few years, Judy, and... I see some of them a couple of weeks ago and I'm just about to give them a haircut because they're looking a bit leggy. So I'm, I want to fertilise them as well and because I think it's that time of year. Of course, yes. Uh, there's so many fertilisers to choose <laughs> from and I, I hear you talk about flourish and there's quite a few others. So what would you suggest? I would suggest uh, fertilising begonias in pots with flourish... Yep. For flowering. Flourish for flowering. Yes. Very okay. simple one and you can use it each week. Okay. Radio? Okay. Well, that's all I need to know then. Okay. Hope that works, Helen. Thank you. Thanks, Thank you. Judy. Bye. Bye. We've got time for one more call. We've got Neil from Boat Harbour and he's got problems with tomato plants. Hello, Neil. Hello, Judy. How are you? Very well. You wouldn't have fruit fly already, I wouldn't oh, imagine. Oh, no, no. That's not my problem. Right. Um, I'll, I'll give you a quick rundown on it. Um, yeah, I've grown tomatoes for, for many years, had excellent results. Um, but after probably about 10 or 15 years in the one spot, because I can't rotate the crop, um, someone suggested that I replace the soil. Dug it out about 300 mil foot deep, went to a, a landscape supply, 
uh, bought the premium mixed garden soil, yes. uh, planted half a dozen tomatoes in in about a fortnight, they died. I took the plants to Bunnings, they replaced them, uh, no problems. The same thing happened again. Next time I went back, the chap said, the soil around these roots, is that out of the same garden? I said, yeah. So he tested it, found that it was uh, high acid. So he said, you'll never grow tomatoes in that. So he said, you'll have to lime it over a period of time and get it back up to neutral. So I I have done that. And uh, now I put plants in, including this year. Uh, I put six in. In the last few days, they're up to about, oh, you know, two foot high now, as healthy as you, you could possibly be. Then you come out and one of them be just hanging there droopy as if it hasn't had water for a week. Mm. And, and yellow's off from the bottom and you've got to pull it out and throw it away. And mm. this has uh, been repeating itself over about the last three years. Right, OK, Neil. Have you looked in the soil to see if you've got curl grub? Uh, no, I can't. Well, the curl grub could be under there eating the roots and that's a symptom, if they are, they just die, the plant dies slowly and um, then they move on to the next plant to eat the next lot of roots. Uh, uh, I dig when, down when you say and... curl grubs, is that what we used to call kids as witchetty grubs, the, the fat? Uh, yeah, that's fat. him, that's him. Yeah, now yeah. look, I haven't noticed any of those, but uh, this happens quite quickly. The tomato can be fully uh, in prime condition and the next day you walk around to perhaps water whatever and here's one of them just hanging there as if it hasn't had any water. Neil, just quickly because we're finishing up, oh. are you able to send a photo through to the station for me for next week? Uh, yes, I could, yeah, I you think so. Just do I that. think I can anyway. <laughs> just, you can do it by sending an email at gardening at 2 and okay. Judy Sharp, we were out of time for another week. Oh, cut off. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.